A quick editor's note before we start today, there was a bit of an audio issue with Nate's mic the entire episode, and at one point there is a truck backing up on Tony. Hopefully it's not too annoying and you still enjoy the episode. Netdeckers podcast. My name is Nate, also known as Darth Heretic, and I'm here with my co-host and co-filthy Netdecker, Tony. Hi, Tony. Hey, Nate. Okay, our goal is to share with you the decks that we found this week that we have been playing and hopefully can find you some decks to help you win some matches. And hopefully we'll uh, take the losses for you. That's true. What have you been up to this week? Uh, nothing much. Car accidents and such like that. That's about it. Ouch. Hope you're okay. Yeah, everyone's fine. Just damage to cars, that's all. People uh, not knowing how to properly use a rotary. That's terrible. I hate that. <laughs> okay, so... Don't we all? Uh, before we get into the deck list this week, um, as a way to kind of like get to know us better a little still, do you have like a favorite tournament moment? Like, doesn't even have to be like your biggest win or anything, just like your favorite moment in Magic. Um, absolutely. It it. it... It is my biggest win, actually. Oh, nice. Okay, that's fine, too. A couple years back, I guess three years back now, there was a uh, series going on called the Titanium Series up this way that um, one of the big... TJ's Collectibles, right? Yeah, TJ's Collectibles. One of the big game stores up here, TJ's Collectibles, put on. Yep. And I was at that all the time. My wife worked for TJ occasionally judging stuff so we knew them very well and every time they put on a modern tournament that's where i played my modern that was my mo competitive modern that's where i went and did my net decking and i remember the tournament very well because i remember going to it going i'm winning this tournament today i just had that feeling and i knew i was going to win the tournament because there was a big gp going on about four hours west of here <laughs> and all of the really really good players were at the gp of course so all of the players who weren't good enough to drive four hours to a GP, but good enough to drive an hour to a TJ's event, were at the TJ's event. And I knew I was the best of those people. TJ's events are usually pretty good, too, with uh, prize support. They're good with prize support. They're good with players. TJ's, when he was putting on those big modern events, he was getting huge numbers. Yep. They were good events. They were great. Unfortunately, you know, COVID and all this stuff happened and that stuff doesn't go on anymore. Our mutual friend Miles is still waiting for his uh, Titanium Series, like, finals. Yeah? Yeah, because he won really? one also. Yep. Oh, that's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, we were on a team, you, me, and Miles at one point. Yeah, yeah, the three of us were on a team. We had actually invited you to go to the one that Miles won, but you were busy that day. Yeah. Yeah, me, uh, Miles, and Sean went. Yep. And I remember I called out of work that day. I said... I know I can win this tournament. I'm calling uh, calling into work sick. I'm going to go to this tournament and I'm going to win it because the really, really, really good people were at the GP trying to win. And I knew if I was going to spike any tournament, it was going to be this one. And I did. That's awesome. Nice job. I had bought the deck I was playing three weeks prior to that tournament. Okay. It was Scapeshift and... I was talking to a couple friends, and someone mentioned Scapeshift. I said, I'm thinking I'm going to buy that deck. I literally, I filthy net decked it. I went online, I found a deck, 
I said, this is what I'm going to build. I think I found a deck with a sideboard guide to it. And I bought like three different sideboards for the deck so I could have something different adjustments. I still have the Scapeshift deck. I think I've played that deck forever. It's no longer a deck in the format, but I still own it. Yeah, no, uh, I think you brought that also with us, uh, with Miles. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when we did the Team Trios. Yes, the Team Trios. You played my uh, Legacy Burn deck. I played the Scapeshift deck and Miles played Standard Burn, I believe. Yep, yep. That's what that, that was a good time too. That was I was going to use that as my other uh, my other favorite one, but I thought that would be uh, copping out saying my favorite moment was with you, Tony. Aww, <laughs> but but we we had a blast that day. Yeah. Oh, we definitely did. That was a good time. Again, we would we go one three before we scrubbed out. Um, but we but we got the one win. I know that. Okay, we got one win. Mm-hmm. We had some great games, but also we had some good games. Game five, after we went 1-3, we showed up, and our opponents didn't show up, because they had scrubbed out, but they didn't uh, drop yet. That's right. So technically, we had gone like 2-3 or something, then we were all hungry, so we went over to the (laughs) bar across the street. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Uh, I miss meeting people at that random gas station where where everyone buys the snacks and sneaks them into the convention center. You know the one I'm talking about. Oh yeah, of course. I miss running into people over there and just be like, oh, how you doing, man? What's your, what's your record? And just talking random magic. And I'm sure the people behind the counter are like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> but I miss that so much. I cannot wait for magic to come back. Yeah, me too. What about you, Tony? What's your favorite uh, tournament moment? All right, my favorite tournament moment, my friends uh, Travis, uh, Nate, not you, um, and Eric decided we want to go known as Lesser oh, Nate. He's known as Lesser Nate. He is known as Lesser Nate. <laughs> Based on many pre-releases that we've all been to together. Uh, you've got to get this to him. I so want him to hear this now. Uh, he was the first person to like us on Facebook, just so you know. Awesome. I, yep. I just regularly love him. Uh, so anyway, we all decided uh, we were going to go to Atlanta for the Kaladesh Seal GP. The only reason I picked Atlanta was my aunt lives close by. So I'm like, yeah, let's just go. This will be fun. <laughs> Did so you we, stay at your aunt's house? Yeah, we, yeah, we stayed at our aunt's, my aunt's house. <laughs> Wait, listen, best reason to go to a place for a GP is it's a free place to stay. A hundred percent. And my aunt was so nice. She like made us dinner every night. She was she oh, was fantastic. That's so sweet. Yep. Uh, so we had packed all into my little tiny Chevy Cavalier, and <laughs> like this car is way too small for four. Well, I mean, three of us are, you know, big guys. One of them small. But, oh my god, it was so much fun. We drove down there. We ate Waffle House every day. We played Magic for three days straight. Um, only uh, Lesser Nate made day two, but it, that, that doesn't even matter. It was just fun times. One funny story from that GP. The next day after I had lost, I went to the Sunday Super Series that they used to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I did really, really good. And I had um, a Metalwork Colossus. I don't know if you know what that one does. So this one costs oh, X what less. Costs X less for the amount of artifacts in play. No, see that's the way I played it. It's no the um the converted mana cost. Yes, um, I yep, could have right. won two more games if I had just played that properly. Oh, uh, you read it as artifacts in play, so you're like, oh, this is only yes. minus three, not minus eight. Correct. What a big difference, let me tell you. <laughs> 
I've only played that card on Arena, so Arena does the math for you. Yeah, no, I played it in real life, and I, ju- I just messed it up. And, like, I did well still. I made, like, top 16, but that wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well. And then after, it was, like, right in my last match, I noticed. And I'm like, oh, oh, I played this wrong the entire day. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, no one, no one told me either. You would have thought, like, after the match, they would have said, you know, that could have cost only three mana. Mm-hmm. But, no, no, they're not going to they tell you. No. 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 All right, well, let's get into our decks for this week, Tony. Yes. I think before we get into our... The plan is for us to each do a standard deck and then a historic deck, and then for us to share a deck. Right, that makes sense. Um, Our shared deck this week, I think, should be the first thing we talk about. And before we talk about it, I think we have to do a little disclaimer. <laughs> yes. So apparently there is a Bandom Restricted announcement going to be happening later today. And we don't know what's on it yet. But we're guessing that it's going to be either Tainted Pact or Thassa's Oracle. Which is, of course, the deck Tony and I both played this week. Because it's a new deck. And it's good. So I had found this deck and I shared it with Nate. Um, someone had shared it on Twitter. August Anderson did. And he went 20-0 and 0 with it. And I'm like, okay, if this if somebody went 20 and all, they this deck's gotta be good. We gotta check it out. And it looked like it needed an investigation by the filthy net deckers. And now it could be banned. <laughs> if you don't think it just needed an investigation by us. Apparently wizards needed to investigate it as well. <laughs> We're running on that assumption. Again, there could be a ban announcement today that doesn't hit this, but we we highly doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a BNR announcement today, which looks like there is, it's gonna be it's gonna be this. I don't even see anything else being touched, to be honest with you, in any other format. Really, I, I could definitely see because a lot of people are complaining, and they kind of want Embercleave gone. They want Ultimatum gone. You don't think any of those are gonna get banned? Out of standard? Yeah, yeah. Standard is boring. I don't play standard. Um. No, I think the standard the standard metagame is boring. It's very flat. I don't know if banning Embercleave will work. I think you might need to ban all of Eldraine. You know, if they wanted to go, you that know what we're huge. doing? We're gonna we're gonna early rotate out Eldraine so that the format can actually do something. I could understand that, but I don't see anything big like that getting banned. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But definitely we think Either Thassa's Oracle or Tainted Pact is going to get banned today. If I had to take a guess, it would be Tainted Pact. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Oracle just is the problem card. Is Oracle the problem card or is Pact the problem card? I, I personally think Oracle is the problem card. Interesting. I think it's Pact. That's awesome. And I think it makes it harder for Wizards to make different cards that will make you mill, mill yourself out so quickly. But the only point of the Tainted Pact is to do stuff like this. Well, I mean, you could use it otherwise, but yeah, I I agree. Is it worth doing it that way? Would anyone play that card fairly? I doubt it. (laughs) And that that comes down to the question. You can play Thassa's Oracle fairly. You can. And it does get played fairly. It gets into these type of decks where... It can get manipulated, but for the most part, you can run it in decks and just have it do stuff and still have it be a win condition in the format without having to remove this deck, where this deck, it's the Tainted Pact, really, that kills it. In any of your games, did you manage to pull off or finagle 
a turn three win? No, I never did turn three. Do you know how to? Um, so not necessarily. Here's my guess is I tainted pack down to one card while I have the Oracle in hand. A tainted pact is an instant. Yeah, right. I can do that at the end of turn two. You do it at the end of their turn two and you play it. So how'd your uh, games go? Did you have any fun games? Um, I had fun all the time with this deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big combo fan anyway. Me too. What was your final record? Final record. Let me go down. Um, did you play best of one or best of three? I did best of one. Yeah, I did too. Uh, my final record was seven and one with it. Wow. I went five and three with it. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I, and I'll go through the games I lost. Okay. So my game, the first game I won, I had no idea if I had a good enough hand, but I ended up drawing a, drawing a thought erasure. Hmm, okay. My, my hand was as Kanta, Faye Wishes, and a couple of board wipes. With the thought erasure, I saw that they're on Neo 4. Hmm, that, that seems tough, because that's got a turn three or turn four win. Right, but I took their Neo form out of their hand, and they still had a Pact of Negation. Okay. Managed to draw a Thought Sea, so I took that away. Nice. So I'm all good to combo off and win. I found the Oracle with the Grim Tutor. I found the Pact with the Feia Wishes. It was an easy one out. Yep. Easy, easy win. My game two, on the other hand, my seven was an Oracle, a Thought Erasure, the uh, Salandi Vision. Salandi, yep, sure. Um, Scrabbling Claws, Maze Mind Tomb, and a couple of lands. So, uh, they're on Coco Elves. Okay. Um, I look at their hand and take their Steel Leaf Champion because it's the biggest thing they have. Hmm, okay. That's an interesting deck. Okay, yep. Right? Like, Coco Elves with Steel Leaf Champion? Interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen that deck in a long time. I have the Thassa's Oracle. I just need to find a pact to win. They're puking Elves onto the board. I drew Augur of Ballas into a pact. They have a counterspell in hand. Decisive Denial. Yes. Yep. They're leaving mana open. They've got nine elves in play. They have mana open to counter my combo, and I can't play it because I can see their counterspell in hand, and they're purposely <laughs> leaving two mana open as they just keep swinging at me with all of their elves. That sounds like a quick loss. It wasn't a quick loss, it was a slow loss. Hmm, okay. It took six minutes for that game to happen, as opposed to, like, the four minutes for the other games. Yeah. You know, if you win with this deck, it's quick. If you lose, it takes a bit. Yeah, that, can, that makes sense. My, I, I can tell you about my only loss, if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, I lost to Elves. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> yep. yep uh, they had a Land Elf on turn one, Marwin on turn two. Uh, the only lands that I was drawing were tapped lands, and so uh -huh. I was just behind the curve on everything. Uh, they end up playing a clan caller and um, the Allosaurus Shepherd on turn three. Oh yeah, the war, the Elvish Warmaster on turn four, and it was just it was way over at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that deck just pukes elves everywhere. Yep, I didn't draw any removal. Um, I, I had no creature counter spells in hand, and I I really think the reason I lost that is because of the singleton nature of the deck. Yeah, you know, I drew like the other half of the deck mm -hmm. where it was countering all the spells, and they didn't really have anything. Mm -hmm. I think if I had drawn the cards that were good in this matchup, it would have been different. But I just drew all the draw cards or stuff that didn't affect the board, really. If this deck doesn't get a card banned out of it, it's for that reason. Yeah, yeah, because it's all just singleton. It's all just singleton, but there are so many ways to find stuff with this deck. 
Yeah, oh, there definitely there are is. So many search cards. My biggest issue it was ways to find Thassa's Oracle. Yep, yep. So what is there, like Grim Tutor, and that's about it? Mastermind's Acquisition can also grab it. Uh, my other loss was against Jeskai Control. Okay. I drew a Thoughtseize, looked at their hand, and they had Narset, Teferi, and some Lightning Helixes, and the Counterspell. Hmm. Took the Counterspell because um, I have a Negate in my hand, so when I go to go when I go to combo off, I can counter their counter when they counter my you know thing. Yep, of course. So I ended up drawing the pact, and I just needed an oracle. This was one of those games where they got to the point where they were just discarding cards every turn. They would draw and just discard a card, just holding up all the all the counter magic. That's a good way to win. It's a good way to win, but if they can counter. They can counter my pact, and then I counter their counter, and then they counter my counter, I lose. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's a good way for them to win. Yeah, oh, yes, exactly. I drew a Supreme Will, which is great because it counters stuff. At the end of their turn, they didn't play anything, so I used it, and I found Maze Mind's Tomb, and then didn't draw enough counter magic for the rest of their walkers. Yeah. Well, then it, it was easily my toughest uh, game with this deck. Once I got all of my pieces in my hand, I still couldn't go off because of how many counters they are. I got both Tainted Packs in hand, both Thassa's Oracles in hand, and went, I guess there's no there's no other way I'm doing this except for now. Oh, yeah, for so sure. I throw down the first Thassa's Oracle and they counter. I have a counter. You just let them out. I have a counter spell, but it's Sensor. So it's only going to counter it if they have one mana open. Right. I do the math and realize, yeah, nope. If I play my second oracle, they can just counter the second oracle, and then I'm just dead there. So then I have to, okay. then I have to pass over to them, and then they end up just memory lapsing me to death, putting the card back on top of my deck. So that's all the thing I'm drawing. Mm-hmm. They ended up playing, um, what's her name there, Narset. Yep. So you can't draw. And so I could only draw one extra card, and then did that thing where they get what's the card. Would they get to draw, we each discard our hands and draw cards again? Commit to memory. Commit to memory. Yep, they use memory on me. And I. Ouch. And with them having a full hand and me only having one one card, I scooped. I'm like, I've got way better things to do with my time than finish playing this game. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Not going to win from that position. But there was, uh, yep. my game six was a lot of fun. My hand was packed. Inquisition of Kozilek, Thought Erasure, Augur of Bolas, Fae of Wishes, and Two Lands. They're on, they're okay. on goblins. So, mm, so okay. my uh, Inquisition uh, takes that. My Inquisition takes a cheap goblin. My Thought Erasure takes Muxus. Augur gets me a Mastermind's Acquisition, and they nice. scoop. The second they <laughs> see the Mastermind's Acquisition, they're like, yeah, they, they're good. Uh, yeah, they yep. know what's going on. That I, I had the pact in hand, but they saw the Mastermind's acquisition. They're like, you know what? You've taken my big creatures. I'm good. There was a lot of that. <laughs> what was their your easiest win playing it? Uh, my easiest win was my game three. They were on some sort of mono-red combo deck. I keep Inquisition of Kozilek, the Scrabbling Claws, Negate, and four mana. I'm like, it might be a loose keep, but my Inquisition away their Steamkin out of their hand, and they ha- start doing a whole bunch of draw combo stuff. Yeah. As anything they play, I've got the cards to kill. 
anything they happen to do, I have the I have a way to answer it until I have my combo, and then I just comboed out. Hmm. Yep. And I feel when I played that, I'm like, this is exactly how this deck is supposed to go. Yeah, I love it when when it plan works out like that. My my easiest win of the day was uh, against Suramadri on <clears throat> the mono white solemnity combo. Um, but yeah, the the combo does nothing against this deck. Yeah, turn one they had played an authority of the councils, which uh, I kind of laughed at. Yeah. <laughs> then they idyllic tutored for a solemnity. Ooh. I called that. A j- I called that a joke in my in my uh, <laughs> notes. Then they cast Rest in Peace, which does nothing. Then they played Nine Lives. I don't deal damage, so that's fine. <laughs> I, they're sitting there <laughs> going, I got my Nine Lives Solemnity combo. <laughs> I wasn't sure what they could possibly have, so I just waited till I had six mana. I had a negate as a backup plan and just comboed off. It was it was ridiculously easy. That is hilarious. Yep, they just every spell they cast was useless against me. Did you play any uh any other like I haven't played that deck at all. That deck you just ma- said, I played two different um historic decks this week, did not come across that deck. Hmm. Um I think it's the only time I played against it recently. Um did you play anything else like that? Like a deck you haven't seen in a while? Yes. So my first game um was against uh Green Black Land Destruction. <laughs> awesome and I, I, I don't think that's that much of an issue here no you only need four mana so when, once you get there you can get there yeah exactly uh turn one i thought seized away one of their creeping molds and then they went to go cast one a couple turns later i just negated that they gave me like a lot of time to set up i didn't have anything in hand i didn't have the combo I just happen to have a lot of counter spells. I fought back against two Cruel Reality. Do you remember that card? No. Okay, so it's from Amonkhet. Uh, it's like seven or eight mana. And every turn you have to sacrifice a creature or a planeswalker or lose five life. Okay. So, okay, <laughs> I'm just losing five life a turn because I have no creatures. That's okay. Uh, but it gave, because they were casting these huge spells that did nothing, it gave me enough time to find the combo. Mm-hmm. I really think if they had tried to kill more lands, because I was, uh, saw their hand, they had more uh, uh, land destruction stuff. I, I think they could have, but they, instead they went for these huge spells that did nothing. Mm-hmm. I think if they had just like gone after my blue mana, they probably could have beaten me, but I had no issues with this. But it's the only deck. Other than that, I played like uh, auras. I played more auras. I mm. lost to elves. Uh, Blue-white control I beat, which I was surprised by. Oh, I've got another loss here. My other loss was against um, Green White Company. Okay. I got all of the pieces put together, just needed to live long enough to win. They ended up putting Redain into play. You know who I'm yep, talking about there? Yeah, and I, I end up drawing, and they end up pumping it with their Luminarch Aspirant. Hmm, so, okay, sure. So they've got a big, I think it was a 5-6 flyer. Just keep on swinging in because that was who they were pumping. And I'm like, I just need to live long enough to win. I draw a cast down. Mm-hmm. You know what cast down does? Yeah, cast down, destroy a target non-legendary creature. I need to kill the four, five, the five, six flying Redane. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work. Yeah, no, that that they just overpowered me because, like you said, the singleton nature of this deck. If it was running better kill spells than cast down. Yep. 
Exactly. I, I had a couple times when Cast Down did nothing for me. Yeah, it's like Cast Down's a good two mana remove, destroy almost any creature. But when it's that almost and you're in that almost scenario, it's going to hurt. Yeah, I almost think that should almost be a Doomblade. That's legal now, right? I don't know. Isn't that a Mystical Archive card? I know Eliminate is. I don't know if Doomblade is. Yeah, Eliminate's in the deck. Doomblade. Strixhaven Mystical Archive, yeah. Uh, did you happen to notice who was playing the Coco Angels deck? Thormentor. Okay. I, I played against a green-white angel. I was just wondering if it was the same person. That had been fun. I played one one other game I want to talk about with this before we move on. Okay. Um, my opening hand was three land, Inquisition of Kozilek, Thoughtseize, and Mastermind's Acquisition. Okay. And I'm like, you know what? This is a decent hand. Yeah. I, I had to mulligan away my first hand because this has uh, only six cards. So when I... Uh, Inquisition them, I take Storm Herald. Ooh, okay, that's spicy. In their hand remains Binding of the Titans and two of the Prodigious Growth. Yes. Uh, so plus seven, plus seven, Trample Enchant Creature. So I'm like, you know what? You can you can keep the six mana enchantments in your hand. I'm going to get rid of the creature that's going <laughs> to allow you to do anything with it. Yep. Any uh, time they play a creature, I kill it. Of course, they, they have they to. Don't, they don't play a lot of creatures, but I kill it, and I make sure I have the mana open to kill that creature the second it hits the battlefield. I have the instant... I, I forget which one it was, because I didn't write it down, but I have an instant speed destroy target creature that I can kill that the second if they manage to get Storm Herald in play, I've got a way to get rid of it. They, okay, didn't, yep. they didn't know this, though. And I'm, I've got... I got my uh, packed in hand, but again, looking for that oracle. Never found the oracle. Ended up drawing a Mastermind's Acquisition, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to wait a couple turns to do this, and then they scoop. I'm like, I have to, I just drew this. I'm going to have to play this next turn, because I got it off of like some sort of draw thing. I'm going to have to do this next turn. The turn after that, maybe I'll be able to do my combo, and you're scooping now? Oh, that's silly. You don't even know that I have all of the pieces in my hand yet. They only saw one part of it. They didn't even see the rest. They just saw me destroy everything they have. And we're like, you know what? I'm done playing this and just scooped. I think a lot of people are just really scared by the deck. I think so, too. Like I said, I never got to a point where I had to end up just going through the entire combo. Yeah, no, I definitely had to quite a number of times. What was that your other historic deck, Tony? Okay... So my other historic deck is from the uh, Magic.gg deck dump. I played it. It's the, um, basically a green-white hate bears deck. Oh, yeah. And so the reason I picked this is because it has um, Archon of Amiria in it. <laughs> Four of them. And I remember like last week when we were talking about decks. I love it. Uh, I do. I love it. One of the things that we always talked about was, oh, this Archon of Amiria. Oh, this is killing me. This is killing me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... I want to play a deck with it. So um, I can run through the list real quick, and the, but it's really on our uh, social media page. Anything, Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, pretty much anything. But um, it's got Kazandu Mammoth, Amiria's Call, Skyclave Apparition, Lovestruck Beast, Archon of Amiria. Um, it's got a Redain, God of the Worthy. That card was really good in this. Um, Collected Company, Great Henge, Spell, Elite Spellbinder, Ronus the Indomitable, Scavenging Ooze, Land of War Elves, 
uh, Luminarch Aspirants in a bunch of different lands. This deck was a lot of fun to play. Uh, game one, I played up against Masker Men on S Snow Red. Uh, on turn two, I was able to play Redain, which is really good against a snow deck because it made all their snow lands come into play tapped. Ooh, yeah. Oh, it was so good. It was so, so good. The one of Redain you managed to get against the on snow turn two. deck. Nice. Oh, yeah, of course. It's better to be lucky than good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, they tried to uh, Ember Cleave me, but I had a bunch of like big blockers, and I kind of moved them around in just the right way so that they couldn't really do anything good. Um, really, I just want to make sure they didn't kill uh, Redain. Like, that was the key in this. Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up casting a Great Henge and a Skyclave Apparition. The uh, Skyclave Apparition, the creature that had the Ember Cleave on it, and they just scooped. So that that felt good. I want to know. Nice. Game two, also against Snow Red. Uh, Mickey Gasco played this one. This time, they cast an Ember Cleave on turn four. I was able to survive, but I wasn't able to survive the second Ember Cleave on turn five. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, I had a Lovestruck Beast and a Ronus in play, but it really didn't do anything. Uh, game three, I played against Romantic on Loris Auras. This one was just a mono-white version. I don't think I've seen that before. Um, Archon of Emeria, again, is a champ. Mm -hmm. I cast it on turn two. And they just kept playing, like, one spell a turn, because that's all they can do against Archon. Um, on turn four, they put the Heliod's Punishment on it, so it made it lose all of its abilities. Oh, that sucks. Yep. But that's okay. They just emptied their hand onto one of the core Spirit Dancers and made a 19-power Spirit Dancer. But I was at 22 at this point. <laughs> so I, I could take a 19-power hit. Okay, I'm down to three. That's fine. So close! I cast... Cast Coco the next turn, got a Skyclave Apparition, and an Archon of Emeria. <laughs> so I took their I Core Spirit Dancer with my Skyclave Apparition. The Archon of Emeria you know, like, saved me, and then they roped me out for two turns. Ugh. So they did just enough when the rope got low enough that they pressed OK. <laughs> yep. So my board was huge at this point. I love you it. You know you've made your opponent mad when they start roping. Salty opponents make me so happy. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm laughing out loud as I'm literally playing this deck. I don't him. blame you. I would be too. Game four, I played against Username Elemental. He was playing um, a Gigantha Red, is what I call this. Okay. Um, it had Gigantha, and it's... um. Okay, so th the funny thing is, I played against them yesterday also. And so I had already... I knew what they were going to be playing. It's a red deck that basically uses all mini red cantrips and like the thermo alchemist yeah and that other red red wall that does a damage whenever you cast a non-creature spell yep i played against it a couple times myself yep and they had chandra's incinerators also mm -hmm. i didn't see any of those cards this time they got stuck on two lands played three crash throughs but they never saw another land i cast uh the MVP, uh, Archon of Emeria, and then they just scooped immediately. They knew they weren't going to be able to beat that card. <laughs> like, this card is unbelievable. <laughs> I love it. I love the fact that we're using something from our last podcast in this one. That's the only reason why I played this deck. And I love it. Uh, game five, I played against Metal Divinity. They were playing uh, Yorion four-color control. I'm <sighs> assuming like that. that's what this was. Yeah. Turn one, they thought seized my Ronus, but that's okay. I cast an elite spellbinder to took their search for his Kanta. And then just basically I played a lot of little creatures. Like they played a Nicol Bolas, but I Skyclaved it. And then I cast a Coco and got two more big creatures and they conceded. Coco is another great card in this because it yeah. just seems to always grab the cards you need. 
or will only grab one card that you don't want. For me, it always grabs the cards I want. Always. Uh, I have seen many games. I've seen many games where the uh, Coco does not get either me or my opponent what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, when it whiffs completely, that's the worst. But oh yeah, that did not happen. At least while I'm playing this one. Lucky you. Yep. Uh, game six, I played against Orange Man. They were playing Mono Black Discard, which I hadn't seen like really ever. I thought I was doing great with an aggro start, but then they used an extinction event, and after I noticed my entire board was odd, like that was pretty painful. I played the back of Redain because I thought that'd be good against the targeted spells and abilities, but it wasn't enough. And I quickly got overpowered by a Turgrid and a Liliana, Waker of the Dead. I don't know if I was just unlucky or if it's a bad matchup, but I just, I got steamrolled by this weird deck. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, game seven, I got to play against Blue-White Control. I cast Redain on turn two. I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. And then they baffling ended it. But then they kind of got uh, mana screwed. They were stuck on four mana while I just kept casting uh, Collected Companies every time they tapped out for draw cards. And the second one got countered, but at that point, I kind of expected it to. I knew they had a Disdainful Stroke in hand. But it late. I had uh, just to draw a land to pump my Kazandu Mammoth for the win there. So went up to 5-2 at that point. Uh, the last game it was against Elves again. Krowlzor was playing that. It was a slow start for both of us. Again, Archon of Amiria is his A+. Um, after they cast an Elvish Archdruid on turn 4, a Land War Elf or... Uh, no, it was an Elvish Visionary... And a Marwyn. They cast their Elvish Archdruid on turn four. Their Marwyn's huge. You could tell like they were like looking around at different things. And then they read what Archon of Amiria does. Like they hovered over it, you could tell. Mm-hmm. They were just like, okay, they passed her and I cast Skyclave Apparition. Taken their Elvish Archdruid and then they just scooped. <laughs> so I ended up six and two with this deck. That Archon of Amiria. MVP for sure. It was wow. so good. So just final thoughts on the deck. Um, the deck felt awesome. I love the play that it has. It seemed to be good against aggro decks because it was able to keep up with them and have like big blockers. The controlish decks, I had enough um, like disruption to really stop them. Archon of Amiria is so good. Redain was so good. Coco is obviously good. Probably going to keep playing this deck for fun over the next few days just because I enjoyed it so much. That's awesome. I I like hearing that you keep playing a deck because I know you don't do that often. Yeah, but this one, I I, I definitely will because it's it's a lot of fun. My my historic deck I ended up playing 29 games with. Wow. The number of games you play is crazy to me. I love it. Yeah? Yeah, because I just don't play this many games with a single deck. I only play best of one. Yep. So where you might play even 10 games with a best of three deck, that's what I just did. You know, that's about 30 games here. So it's about the same if you think of it that way. That's true. Because I'm only playing best of one. But my deck, I actually got from the uh, Filthy Net Deckers podcast last week. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. it's, It's the Gruel Stompy historic deck you played last week. Oh, okay. Nice. I, uh, when you were saying that, I'm like, this, this is a Nate deck. This is yep. the type of deck Nate likes to play. Like I said, played 29 games with it, ended up 18 and 11. Hoo-hoo. Okay. I kind of thought you would have done a little better, but... Uh, the reason why I ended up playing it more was because I wanted to get to Platinum. Okay. I'm sorry, not Platinum Diamond. 
Oh, good. Okay, I was going to say, I didn't think you were gold before, but... Not platinum. I wanted to get to diamond before I went and played my standard deck. Okay. Because at that point, I didn't know what I was going to play for my standard deck. I didn't know if my standard deck was going to be good, and if my standard deck is just going to sit here and make it so that I lose all of the stuff I've been gaining by playing, you know, the deck that's about to get banned and then doing really good with this, um, with this list. I don't want to lose all the stuff I did, so I just kept playing this deck until I made it to the next style level. I mean, not, not, a, not to uh, give a spoiler out, but I kind of wish I had done that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I was, I was Platinum 1, and then I played my standard deck, and... Yeah. Oh, yeah I, anyway, I made sure I'm like, I can't because that's where I was with this was I was at the very bottom of platinum one when I was all done playing my historic matches of the week. And I'm like, I can't go into standard because I don't like standard. So I'm not if I lose, I'm OK with it, but I'm not OK losing on the ladder. But I want to play games for the podcast on the ladder. Yeah. It was either this or the other deck, because I could have easily switched over to Tainted Oracle, because, like you said, that was a 20-0 deck. I could have done that. I enjoy this more. Yeah, that's fine. It reminds me of the meme with Jeremy Clarkson from, what is it, Top Gear? Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. Um, It's just two cars. This is really good, but I like this. Hmm. <laughs> That's what I feel like. The Tainted Pack deck is really good, but Gruel Stompy gives me games that was here is the play by play of this of my turn of my game six. My hand is Pelt Collector, Burning Tree Emissary, Gruel Spellbreaker, and the Scavenging Ooze and Three Lands. Oh, I love it. That's a perfect hand. First draw was Shatter Skull Smashing. So the play-by-play goes, turn one, I play a Pelt Collect. Their turn one, they play the Black Desert Deadlands. Hmm. Okay. My turn, BTE into Scoos, swinging for two. Yep. Their turn two, they play that same Deadlands again into Guardian Idol. Okay. My turn three, I Grohl Spellbreaker, giving it haste, swing in for ten. Ouch. Oh, it's so dirty. Their turn three... The extinction event on Odd. Killing. Leaving me with a BTE and a Scoos. My draw was Ember Cleave. I swing in with the BTE Scoos, drop the Cleave down on the Scoos and win. Yep, yep, that'll do it. Turn four, every card I wanted, I got. Everything I needed at that point, I got. I love it. I do. It was just gorgeous. I don't even know what my record was at the end of seven, uh, six one at the end of seven games. This was a mirror. Yeah, the mirror match was tough. Yeah, it can get drawn out. It wasn't exactly a mirror. They played like a Voltaic Brawler, and we don't run that in this list. Yep. Voltaic Brawler's really good with the Burning Tree Emissary and the Pelt Collector, because it can make the Pelt Collector a 3-3 on turn two. Oh, absolutely. It would, it's the same thing with the um, Zerta Goblin. Yep, yep, exactly, yep. Zerta Goblin is running these lists a lot. I noticed that wasn't in this. I'm not a big fan of that card. It's okay. It's good for pumping Pelt Collector only. Yeah, exactly. And if you draw it late, though, it's just bad. Correct, yeah. Um, I think having the on-crop Crasher in place of it is much better. Oh, yeah. Because that, that's the um, the breaker. If the opponent has a blocker, that's going to stop mm-hmm. you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You just lock it down. If you're lucky enough to get two, you lock down a creature every turn to block with. And it's normally... And it has haste, also. 
It's, it's great. And normally the creature you're stop. Normally it's only one creature you want to stop blocking too. Yep. You're like, you know, if it wasn't for their questing beast, I might be able to actually get through this. But they've got a big old questing beast. You know what? Your questing beast can't block this turn. Now I'm going to swing in. And you've got a couple other blockers, but they all die to everything else. Or maybe they were tapped out because they figure, hey, my questing beast is going to make it so they don't attack. No, I drew this and swing in. You're dead. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that deck that you played. I, uh, clearly, I was a big fan with it, too. Last week you said it was great. I completely agree with the fa- with the fact it was great. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So, you, obviously, oh, you recommend it. Uh, what absolutely. cards were really, like, like the MVP for you? Um, the surprising MVP was Scooze. Really? Scavenging okay. Ooze. I had a turn four scoop against the uh, Oops All Turns deck we played last week. Yep, yep. Scoos on turn three with two open green mana. I think we talked about that last week where, you know, if, if you didn't, I forget how you stole it or killed it last week. Yep. That, that card is going to kill you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I managed to play it with two open green mana and took their Scholar out on turn three. It was my turn three. I took their Scholar right away because I could see that's what they were going for next turn. And so they Mizzix Masteried out um, their ultimatum. And I'm like, yeah, no, you can't have that ultimatum either. And when the second <laughs> I took that, they scooped. Oh, I love it. Yeah, then there's no, no choice at that point. Mm-hmm. You played the deck a lot. I got a question for you. Okay. You have... Two creatures in play and four mana. You've got two cards in hand. Coco and Cleave, which are you playing? I mean, it depends on their life total. Mm-hmm. Clearly, um, if Cleave can kill them, yeah. you'll go and Cleave. Right. Uh, I would probably uh, cast Coco. Yeah. Just personally, um, unless I think Embercleave is going to win, because I know I can Embercleave the next turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, it also depends, like, what are they playing? Are they going to have board wipes the next turn or whatever else? Because mm-hmm. I might just wait and cast uh, Coco at the end of next turn in case they do have board wipes. Mm-hmm. Why? What did you find? Um, it was There was a couple different times where it was never a clear-cut answer. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on, like, what the board looks like. Correct. If my creatures were big enough, you're right. The, if the cleave is just going to win me this game, I'm cleaving. But there was a lot of times where I'm looking at the board state going, I'd rather Coco. And like you said, it's I'd rather keep these two creatures in play, pass, Coco at the end of their turn, swing in with four creatures, and an Ember Cleave as well. Yep, yep. Um, so I got a question about Ember Cleave in, in that list. Because mm-hmm. I've played against Gruel a bunch of times. And I'm always questioning the card that they put the Embercleave on. Like, it always seems like they put it on a creature that I wouldn't. So, okay. like, oftentimes they're they're putting it on a card just to kill one of my creatures. Rather than putting it on their biggest creature and doing, like, a ton of damage to me. How do you usually play that one out? Like you said, I think it depends on the creatures. If there's a creature that's apt that I can't have stay in play, yeah, maybe kill their creature... But I'm certainly not going to sacrifice my creature at the same time to do it. Okay. And most of the time with an Ember Cleave, if you put it on a 2-2, it's now a 3-3. If the blocks work where my creature's going to live, why wouldn't I kill your creature? I've got got Trample and Double Strike. Yeah, so oftentimes they'll put it on a 2-2 that I block with like a 3-3, we'll say. Uh Uh-huh. And they'll kill the 3-3 and deal 3 damage to you. Right, but they also have, like, a, I don't know, a questing beast, we'll say. 
where I, I think they could do ten damage. And I'm like, always, I'd much rather you always do put that. Ember Cleave on Questing Beast, always because M- Questing Beast will deal one damage to whatever it's hitting because of its death touch, and then trample everything else over. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily Questing Beast, but... Correct, it's not necessarily Questing Beast, but you always put it on Questing Beast. But things without Death Touch, a four, a, a Gruel Spellbreaker, we'll use that instead. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, what, it's, we'll say a 4-4 four, four one that had the counter on it. Instead, um, make it a 10... Instead, deal 10 damage to me instead of killing my Pedley 3-3 and dealing 3 to me. I hear you. Right. So, yeah, is that something you would normally do? Like, maybe I'm just missing something. I always... This is gruel stompy. This is, you know, like you said, put big creatures in play, make them bigger and attack. Do just That's what I would do. I would be putting it on the biggest thing possible unless the creature I'm trying to kill is something that's stopping stuff. Yeah. For instance, yeah, Archon of America. Okay <laughs> yes, always kill the Archon if you can. You know, if you if you can kill one of those, kill one of those. Yeah, okay. It was just one of those questions that I had... While I'm playing, I'm like, why mm-hmm. did they do that? I just want to know, like, what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, when I, I got home on break from my lunch, I came uh, home and played this deck and went played it for 45 minutes on my break and went 6-1. and one. <laughs> Wow. Yep. I didn't write everything down like that, but I was at the bottom of Platinum 1 and made it to Diamond and was like, you know what? Awesome. I'm hey, very nice happy job. with this. This was a very good deck, and a deck that will even be playable next week. What was your standard deck? Actually, do you mind going first on this one? Because I got a special standard deck. I don't mind going first at all. Um, I played a uh, Boros, or I guess it's Lorehold, Winota deck. Ooh, okay. I love it already. That I found on MTGA Zone by Beekeeper. Okay. So I played played most of these de- most of these games this morning. So most of this is actually in my head. It was a pretty good deck. It had let me pull up the list. It had um, the Elsie of Life's Bounty, Selfless Saviors, Usher the Fallen, Professor of Symbology. First time I've ever actually played that card. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, yeah, that's a great card. Yeah, it's pretty damn good. It's surprisingly good, actually. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Elite Spellbinder, Skyclave Apparition, Bonecrusher Giant. Another card that was I was amazed at how good it is, Blade Historian. <laughs> a Blade Historian in that deck is really, really good. I've played this deck a bunch of times. Blade Historian is essentially, I kind of look at it as four extra copies of Winota. If I had an opening hand that had some creatures and my four drop was a Blade Historian, I'm keeping that hand. 100%. Oh, yeah. Just as I would keep a hand if I had a few one drops and a Winota. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. So thinking of it when I'm playing it as the four extra copies of Winota, as when you see this in opening hand, you keep it, is awesome. The great thing is it's a human that can get pulled off of Winota, so if you're lucky enough to get the Winota trigger and drop a Plate Historian, you're just giving all your creatures double strike at the same time. Yeah, it's it's so disgusting when that happens. I did not manage to do that, but I, I could imagine it would be fun. No, it definitely is. <laughs> I'm surprised that you weren't able to. The first game I played was a mirror. Yeah. I ended up getting no red mana, but I didn't start with any red mana. All I started was with white mana, with white cards in my hand, I mean. 
So I didn't need to cast any red stuff until I end up, you know, drawing the red cards. And then they end up get, we end up like back and forthing with apparitions on each other. And, you know, my professor ends up getting me a, hold on one moment. Just got a message right here. Shout out to Warlord Wolf who says podcast 10 out of 10. Thank you, Warlord Wolf. Ooh, Got that message while recording. So yeah, thank you, Warlord Wolf. I'm a big fan of Warlord Wolf. Oh, aren't we all? Warlord Wolf and Espada are two great people. Yep. Um, the professor ends up getting me the um, environmental sciences. Okay, yeah, of course. The one thing I did do to this deck was I changed the sideboard a bit because it was a best of three deck and their sideboard was set for best of three and only had three lessons in it, so I put more lessons <laughs> in it. Yeah. So I made it so that any time I used it, I would have a plethora of lessons to choose from. Okay. And then they eventually Winota into a played historian and a spellbinder. And I'm like, yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah, it does. A it nice, definitely does. A nice 3-1 three, three, three flyer that's going to deal 6 damage and take a card out of my hand. Yeah, seems pretty good. So I ended up losing that game. Okay, so not a good start. No, not a good start. But I feel like a Winota deck is very much like the Coco. Um, my second game was two Winotas, an Usher, a Selfless Savior, and a, and a Blade Historian, and two lands. That sounds pretty good to me. Right? I'm like, yeah, right? that's great. So yeah. I play I play Usher and Savior. They play a Savior into a Luminarch. So I'm like, is yep. this is this like a mirror again? And they uh, <laughs> they attack with their two two doggo. I end up getting a third land. And then okay. they end up attacking me with a three-three doggo and play their professor of, of um, their professor into sciences. My hand has two Winotas, three blade historians, and I only have three lands in play. Oh no! I get my fourth land before they do. Okay, nice. Okay. I play my spellbinder, and I look at their hand. Their hand also has three blade historians. Ooh. Oh, wow! <laughs> right. Okay. So. We end up getting it to the point where I play out a, they play out a Blade Historian and attack. I end up blocking with my Winota. My Winota dies, but I have a second Winota anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking at my board going, do I play Winota right now or do I play my Spellbinder? Because I got Kenrith in play. I mean, do I play my Blade Historian or do I play my Winota? Because I've got Kenrith in play and I've got Spellbinder off of my last Winota triggers. Mm-hmm. Do I, and so what do I do here? I'm like, you know what? We're going to play the Blade Historian so that way Kenrith swings in for 10 because they're at 10. Forcing them to have to block with their Blade Historian. Oh, I love it. Yes. So now they don't have a Blade Historian. They've got they've got a couple creatures. Mm-hmm. They've got three creatures at this at this point. I'm at five, and my Blade Historian is my only blocker. I've got enough that I can block two of their creatures and live. Even if my Blade Historian dies, I've got another one I can play. So they swing it. They play a Winota. Mm. Okay, yeah. Swing in with their three creatures, giving them two triggers. Whiff, their first, whiff, whiff. Their first trigger whiffs. Ooh, okay. Nice, okay. Their, se- their second trigger, on the other hand, hits a Luminarch's Aspirant. That does nothing, right? Or is it enough? The one extra damage is not enough to kill me, and they okay. do the math and they scoop before I even declare blocks. <laughs> Good. Double, like double Winota whiff. Like that Luminarch was a whiff. Yep. Oh yeah. And I'm like, that is terrible. <laughs> My game after that, I had three land, Alcyd, Spellbinder, Apparition, and Bone Crusher in hand. 
I'm like, you know, this isn't terrible. No, you can you can win a game with those. Exactly. And real quick before I go into this game, this hand here doesn't have Winota. This hand here doesn't have the Blade Historian. But I was still able to look at this hand and go, I'm going to keep this. I feel like this is a winnable hand. And even when I read it to you just See, now... See, I don't always keep hands just with Winota or the Blade Historian. No, but that was one of the things at the very end I wrote. What I liked about this deck was it has some likes to it. The yeah. creatures themselves can get in for some damage outside of Winota and Blade Historian. And that's what I really liked, was you can look at a hand like this and go, you know, the Alcina of Life's Bounty is... a reason to play the deck. Correct. It's a great reason to play this deck. So my opponent's on Mill. I have this great hand in there on Mill. I play Elseid, and they play the Ruin Crab. So I attack with the Ruin Crab, and I go, block, 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 I'm going to stop it, block. And they don't block, they just take it. <laughs> well, because they know you have a stop. Everyone has a stop. Correct. So I start playing stuff, and they start countering stuff. And I wrote in giant capital letters here, I hate this deck. Because I do. Mm -hmm. hate, hate this Mill Rogues deck. So I resolve a Spellbinder. And I see in their hand, they have three into the story. Yeah, of course they do. Three. I'm like, yep. I'm, I scoop. I go, I hit the little thing. I go to scoop. I'm like, no, this is for the podcast. Don't scoop right now. <laughs> Keep playing. They play into the story on their turn, and now they're tapped out. And I draw a Blade Historian. Okay. I've got my Spellbinder in play. I've got my Alcyon of Life's Bounty in play. I draw a Blade Historian and I start swinging it. And they start playing Flyers. They played the 1-1 one, one Merfolk there to block mm -hmm. my Flyer up there. And I end up playing an Apparition and take it. I end up attacking with everything I have. They block with everything they have to the point where they have no creatures in play. They play another into the story. They have three mana open. On my turn, I go and I cast Kenrith, and they scoop. Oh! I, I love hearing <laughs> when rogues lose. Yeah, I, I do love too. That. I love when I'm like, no. Don't don't look at three into the stories in their hands and scoop. Just keep playing. You, you're not out of this yet. It looks like you are, but you're not. No, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's, exact, that's the number one reason why you don't scoop right there. Yeah. Just... They ended up playing the. They ended up playing it and being tapped out. And my next draw was gold. It being the blade historian there was just exactly what I needed to do. What I needed to do. Um, my game five was against red deck wins. They killed everything I did, and I lost. <laughs> they got two wayward guide beast and a three three stone coil serpent, and then put the cleave on the serpent. Wait, wow! I have not seen a wayward sky beast in a long time. Or the wayward. Guy, guy beast, guy. yeah, yep. the uh, two two that bounces a land back if it does damage, yeah, yep, it, it's gross. It's like the opposite of Goblin Guide. <laughs> uh, Goblin Guide's still better. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my uh, my next game was against a uh, blue black flash deck. I've seen those around, and I ended up getting a couple of cheap creatures in play, and just killing all of their flashy blockers. That works. Um, I ended up getting a Spellbinder in play, and see three Drowned in the Locks and a Lockmare Serpent. Three Drowned in the Locks. You kidding me right now? They always have Drowned in the Lock. They always yeah. do. So I take the Lockmare Serpent, I play a couple, like, just dumb creatures, and they use up all of their, um, 
all of their drown in the locks on these creatures, so that way when I was able to slam down my Winota, they just scooped before I even attacked with it. <laughs> nice. They just, they used up all of their counters on just nonsense creatures that weren't going to do anything. But they, I, I'm sure they felt like they had to. Probably, yeah, but it got to the point where they didn't have the counter. I could see that they had, I could see that they, what's the word I'm looking for? Foretell. They foretell the card, and I'm like, I know what that is. That's I saw that coming. And so I play a card, <laughs> and they countered it with saw that coming. I'm like, I saw the saw that coming. coming. <laughs> no, I actually did see it coming this time. <laughs> to the point where you countered the wrong spell. <laughs> and then the last game I ended up playing with it, I had three land, but no red mana, so it was all planes. One of the professors, an Elseid, a Spellbinder, and a Giant. And they ended up just extinction inventing everything I ended up doing. It was against a blue-black deck with Yarion in it. You know, one of those big, they've got all of the oh, yeah. enchantments, draw, one of those decks. It was nuts. Yep. It wasn't Sultai, though. It was just blue-black. It was just blue-black, yeah. But I would recommend playing this deck. Like I said, it has some legs to it. Even when you don't get the big, like, money cards to it, you still manage to get some wins. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I've always enjoyed that deck also. This is a deck that if you told me that we're opening up uh, Magic Games tournaments again and you can come and play Standard, this is the type of Standard deck I would go and play. Yeah. The only problem is Winota's so expensive already. Is it really? Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah, because she's just so good. Not surprised. Uh, you ready for my Standard deck? I am. Let's go. Okay. So, um, this is actually our first... Um, uh, submitted deck list. Oh, is it really? Oh, can I guess? Yeah, take a guess at it. Is it Espinaduos kicker deck? It is Espinaduos's kicker awesome. deck. Awesome! <laughs> that makes me so happy. I literally have goosebumps right now. Let's go. So Espinaduos, just in case people don't know, because obviously why would you? He's our first international fan. All the way from Austria. Yes, yeah, from Austria. For some reason, he really likes uh, Nate's stream. I don't know why. I don't either. <laughs> so he is always telling us, oh, this kicker deck is so good, this kicker deck. And I've always looked at it, and I'm like, well, I don't think so. <laughs> but you know what? Sure. Okay, we'll see. So he sends me the list, and this is what it is. I'm going to even give you the numbers. But of course, it'll be, again, on all social medias. All right, so it's got four Roost of Drakes. And if you're not sure what that is, um, every time you kick something, you get a 2-2 Drake. And then you can also kick itself to make that Drake. Uh, three, Throne of McKindy, which every it helps you kick different spells, uh, but it's a colorless land. It's got four Blood Chief's Thirst, four Inscription of Abundance, uh, four Into the Royal, three of the Jace Mirror Mage. Um, I have never seen anyone play this one, but it's in the deck. Uh, it's got two Spell Shield, four Vine Gecko, two Reclaim the Wastes, uh, three Morassa Sproutling, three Lull Mages Familiar. A lot of these cards, I just don't know that well. But um, they, all of them basically say Kicker on it in some way. And it's got a couple Negates and uh, Lands. Um, he's been talking this deck up for a while. Mm-hmm. I've played it a couple times in um, in events where you can bring a standard deck. Okay. Just for fun. Yeah, so he follows Nate on Twitch, uh, Darth Heretic on Twitch. Shameless plug right there. Oh, thanks, um, Tommy. Yeah, no problem. And then he is always uh, doing my FNM code giveaways from my LGS that I work at, uh, Toy Soldier Games, another shameless plug. 
Um, and we've, we've been talking ever since. Um, the good thing about getting a list from a fan is I get to ask all sorts of questions about it before playing it. So I asked him, what's a good, what's better than it looks? And like anything I need to know. And he told me that Low Mage is familiar is better than it looks and that the negates in it are really only for Yugen, the spirit dragon, um, because it destroys the deck. Uh, Rooster Drake's on turn one, he says, destroys rogues. Good to know. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to play it. Okay. All right. Game one was versus the Radish on Abzan Doom Foretold. I had to mull to six. Um, I felt like I was getting mana screwed. I mean, I had three lands in play, but one was a black mana, and then I had two Throne of McKindy, but that's still colorless mana. So luckily, they weren't able to do anything either, but they were playing a ton of lands. On turn seven, I'm still stuck on three lands. I have three Vine Geckos in hand, but I can't put them into play. <laughs> um, the opponent is doing nothing, but I'm still losing. Uh, finally, I get a creature in play only to have them kill it. My opponent is doing nothing and I'm still losing. Unf- yes, that is that is how I felt at the moment. Like, I don't know. The opponent was just <laughs> sitting there, full hand of cards, and I'm, I'm definitely losing this. Um, I get a creature in play, they kill it. They cast um, Doom Foretolds and Binding of the Old Gods. Everything I cast, they just take care of it. Um, a double Doom Foretold, when I have no board, just kills me. Nothing I could do about it. So I start 0-1. That's not good. Okay, maybe game two. Game two will be better. I play against Will Borgo on Boros Winota. They're casting stuff, but it's really nothing important. I'm able to kick Jace, so I get two Jaces. I'm like, okay. Nice. Yep, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I'm scrying and then drawing. Um, they Winota and trample the crap out of you. Well, they cast a Blade Historian first, and uh-huh. then Winota. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I'm not... I'm like, I'm fighting back, but I'm not doing much. I play another kicked Jace. I'm looking for Rooster Drakes because I feel like that's at least going to make me some blockers. Uh huh. I, th- I really think it's like the one card that's going to help me win this matchup. And? They keep casting Elite Spellbinders. They're ripping apart my hand. I can't stop double striking Elite Spellbinders. Really wish I had a Roost of Drakes. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, okay, am I supposed to be mulling, uh, mulliganing until I hit a Roost of Drakes? Time to ask Espada. Okay. So, like, go over to Discord, I ask him, he says, you'll find it, don't worry, with with Jace's, you'll scry into it. <laughs> okay, I just had four of them, but, you know, we'll, we'll try that. We go on to game three. Um, game three, I play against Peacemaker, P-I-E-C-E, uh, which is a fun name, I like it. Um, they're on non-snow mono red, which I don't think I've seen either. Uh, okay, this game made me upset, I wrote. <laughs> Uh, it came mm-hmm. down to the last. It came down to the last combat. They were able to play my own Roost of Drakes off the Robber of the Rich, Ugh. which Ugh. they kicked it. I didn't think they'd be able to kick it because, like, I'm, because you know, the, sort of those because of the colorless requirement in the cost. The kicker is part of paying the cost of the card, and how. Robber of the Rich reads is you can you can spend mana as if it were any color to cast that card. Yeah, see, I only thought that meant the actual casting, and then the kicker was going to be other stuff. The kicker is part of the cost of the card. Yeah, see, I didn't it really isn't part, realize it that. isn't part of its mana cost, and it's not part of its mana value, but it is part of paying the cost of the card when you kick it. Yeah, it's one of those weird judge things, one of those really weird ruling things. Yeah, I didn't block properly because of this. 
mm-hmm. because I, I really thought that I was going to be able to win the next turn. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was frustrated. I was angry because it's a game that I felt like I was in control, and yet I still lost this one. Yeah. So I ended up 0-3 at this point. Game 4, I uh, was against Ekpyrosis on Snow Red. I'm able to kill their one drop and get down a roost early. I'm like, okay, this could be my game. I quickly have nothing in hand and nothing to do. They just take care of everything. There's like a lot of synergy if I happen to get the cards right in the right order. But my God, you just, I don't know. It's a tough deck to play. I had a Mm -hmm. Vine Gecko in play and a Roost of Drakes. I cast the uh, Marassa Sproutling, the kicked creature that um, it brings back a kicked card from the graveyard. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was going to get back into it. And of course I get... Cleaved. So, 0-4. Yep. Okay. Um, <laughs> next up, it's Spoonship on Golgari Bastion of Remembrance combo. I have two Rooster Drakes in hand to start. This has to be good. <laughs> right? Okay. That's, that's what you've wanted. <laughs> this is what we're here for. I get Jason to play, and the second turn that I had him in play, I forgot to use his ability. I just, I don't know why, it just completely slipped my mind. And so then I'm frustrated. <laughs> Um, just at myself. Two into the Royal, waiting to be kicked to block his 1-1s. But that didn't matter because they ended up plumbing the Forbidden on all of their creatures and drained me for a bunch. Um, I ended up casting Inscription of Abundance and I kicked it, of course. I gained a ton of life, so I'm like, okay, I'm back in this. Okay. They do a couple other small things. I end up getting down to four, but they have two Bastion of Remembrances in play. Uh, they use Extinction Event, wipe all my Drakes, and all their odd creatures attacked in for the win. Like it just it, that, that match in particular was just frustrating. Like I kept getting into it and then losing again. You feel like you had something and then you just lost it. Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, it's hard to describe like what exactly was going on because it was back and forth quite a bit. But I, I felt like I was in that one and just came down to the last couple turns, of course. Okay, game six. I played against Is it um, Lunum is the person who was playing it. Um, I'm able to kick the Rooster Drakes on turn three. Okay, this could be the game. Um, they fire Prophecy my Drake, but that's okay, you know, because I'm going to be casting more stuff. Uh, they cast a Goldspan Dragon off a treasure when I, um, I bounce their first dragon. Cast a second one, of course. <laughs> um... I kill that with a kicked Blood Chief's Thirst. Get another Drake. Um, they keep casting spells to kill my Drakes, but I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, they didn't cost me anything, really. Uh, Marasa Sproutling got back my Blood Chief's Thirst. I try to kill their dragon again. They negate it. Think I finally stabilized, but then they cast an Allruns Epiphany and kill me. <laughs> with the dra- with the Goldspan Dragons and the 1-1 Flying Birds. So just a running theme seems to be I keep I'm I'm in the matches, and then it just doesn't have the fight the the staying power to stay into it. I hear ya. Uh, game seven was against um, Mafinki playing Jeskai Cycling. Um, they had an Improbable Alliance and a Drenith Stinger. I get two Roost of Drakes in play. Uh, they keep cycling, but I keep into the Roiling their Improbable Alliance whenever they do it. So I'm getting a blocker each turn, and they're not getting their. Uh, 1-1 Flying Fairies. So I have a ton of Drakes in play. And just as they're about to Zenith flare me, but I had a negate in hand. I win a game! <laughs> nice! Yep. Yep. So you went, what, 1-6? 1-6 at this point. Ouch. But, you know, that game felt good. Like, it felt like I had the answers at the right time. 
Mm-hmm. Game eight, I played against Snow Red, and um, they Ember Cleaved. Yeah. <laughs> yep, they had like two Fervent Champions on turn two, and it, it just wasn't even close, this one. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, the, my final thoughts on the deck, the deck was just very weak. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it just never seemed to have the staying power to continue to fight through everything that other decks were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, other decks were just more powerful. Um, there's definitely some synergies in the deck. And if your opponent's doing nothing and you get to go off, you get to do just silly, silly things. But it just doesn't happen enough. You seem to always get Ember Cleaved or just All Runs Epiphany or all just these overpowered cards that are in the game. They just definitely um, take over this deck. I hear ya. Yeah. A.K.A. Throne of Eldraine? Basically, yeah. Well, I mean, All Runs Epiphany isn't Throne of Eldraine, but it, it doesn't, you know... But you, yes, you definitely get thrown of Eldrained a little too much. Mm-hmm. So, so I can't I'm recommend take it that, that deck. you would not recommend it. <laughs> I do not recommend the deck. Um, I was platinum one when I started this, and I was like platinum three by the time I finished with it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I remembered while I was like, he played the deck. Yeah, I remembered you going. But earlier, as a uh, preview, I wish I did the same thing as you. I'm like, oh, that means he didn't do good with this. (laughs) No, no, I did. Unfortunately, I didn't. Um, Like maybe some of them were my plays if I were able to learn the deck, but I I don't think so. Yeah. Unfortunately. I hear you. Sorry, Espada. Yeah, but that being said, please submit decks to us. That that's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I had fun playing someone else's deck. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us filthy net deckers, is we have fun playing other people's decks. Yeah, exactly. I certainly don't want to make my own. <laughs> so, you can find the Filthy Net Deckers podcast on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find me at MTG underscore Tony, or Nate at Darth Heretic on Twitter. Um, he's also Darth Heretic on Twitch, which is a Darth fun Heretic place to come MTG. watch him. Oh, Darth Eric, MTG. Okay, good to know. Feel free to share your deck list with us. Uh, makes our jobs a little bit easier. And uh, that's it. We're done. Goodbye.